Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Common ground, alternative activist empowerment talk radio, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's nothing. What were you before the white man means you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? As you honor our forefathers and foremothers, I urge you to honor our living heroes. When you honor the names of Matt Turner, Harriet Tubman, and Malcolm X, I urge you to honor the names of Geronimo Gijaga, Sundiata Akoli, Matulu Shakur, and Mumia Abu-Jamal. America's chickens are coming home to roost. Violence begets violence. Hatred begets hatred. And terrorism begets terrorism. Our common ground speaking truth to power and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned.
please try to do that. Thank you for being with us. This is Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. And tonight at Our Common Ground, we are going to be talking about the political landscape of black Florida um, in the last years. We have taken our imagery of Florida from palm trees and sandy beaches, alligators and Disney World to a whole nother matrix. And we're going to be talking about how Florida became the icon of Rick Scott, Hanging Chads, Alan West, and some blackface lieutenant governor with an evil, lost, and ignorant soul. So we hope that you are ready to hear the report from uh, Florida about what is happening tonight at our common ground. Our guest is Leah Gaines. She is the executive director of the Center for Enterprise Opportunity, a private nonprofit corporation which whose charter is to improve the economies in distressed communities by lending to small businesses and sponsors of community development initiatives. She is the president of the West Palm Beach branch of the NAACP, that would be Palm Beach County, <laughs> and the former chief of staff to Maude Lee, the first black county commissioner in Palm Beach County, and she is a graduate of Howard University and a partner in Occupy the Community, a nonpartisan coalition of community-based organizations committed to educate, employ, and empower the community. More important, and uh, we cannot underscore this enough, our guest tonight, Leah Gaines, is a longtime, passionate, smart, strategic activist and organizer throughout the state of Florida, and I am really pleased to have her be with us here at Our Common Ground again because she was a consistent and frequent uh, guest of Our Common Ground in our early days. Leah Gaines, thank you so much for, for being with us. Thank you, Janice, and I'm just so happy to hear your voice again and to be with you again on Our Common Ground. Well, uh, I want our listening audience to know that you actually was the person when we began our uh, planning about our broadcast to name this show Our Common Ground. Do you remember that? You were in Miami at that time. I do. I think I do. I I remember it now that you mention it. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So we've been here uh, a little while. Um, But I am just really pleased and honored to have you, Leah, uh, to talk about real activism in real time. One of the things that uh, persistently uh, comes to, to, to the forefront 
of what we have to do as a black community is that we don't have people who are engaged as a part of their life's work. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have people who might make some calls, who might go to the polls, who might go to a community meeting every now and then, and um, but we don't have a persistent strategic engagement in our community. And here we are, and those of you out here, especially our regulars, I'm sure you're going to be calling up here and saying uh, you don't like the chastisement. But you know what? It is earned. Here we are, Leah, four years later, Mm -hmm. and we have lost much more than we have gained. Yes. Let's start out by talking about why Florida is important. Uh, I, I took a look at... Uh, what the polls are saying about Florida, and they're not saying very much. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems as though Florida is not getting a lot of attention. There was a Gravis marketing uh, poll that came out today which indicated that uh, the president was down by one point to um, – I hate. I mean, it even bothers me to say this man's name, Mitt Romney, the Mittens <laughs> yes. kid. Yes. And then there was another one, uh, which was a demo, uh, the, a project of New America, Grove Insight, mm-hmm. that said that Obama was up two points above mm-hmm. Mitt Romney, and we we know that um, that Florida is not necessarily one of those ground ground states that is going to turn uh this election so much as it is a place where we focus on whether or not it will be the state for which our the the election will be stolen. Now that's not new. That that no. that's just not new. Tell us about what's going on in Florida and 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 what's your take, your perspective about what's going on there. Well, just like you, just just as you said, Janice. Um, shortly after the 2008 election, we fell asleep. We went back to sleep. But what our opponents, and we know who they are, <laughs> uh, planned at that time was basically blacks and whites closed the gap in terms of voter registration numbers during that time. And so what they set out to do, I mean, the gap is now 0.9%. It was 0.9%. So what they set out to do was to widen that gap again. And they said, we've got to target at least 5 million voters. How can we do that? And they set out, they set this plan in place actually be probably before the the last presidential election and what they did was they came up with the with various innovations which are really twists on the original uh barriers to voter participation and I'm and I mean going back to post reconstruction south the variety of tactics that were used back then everything from complex ballot arrangements to poll taxes to 
you know, really under make, taking a test to show that you understand something, violence and intimidation, even the all-white Democratic primaries. These are all the same tactics. We are under siege here in Florida. These tactics just have mutated. I don't want to call them innovations. I'll call them mutations now, and they're even more insidious. Because, of course, you know, you just cannot um, openly stop someone from voting. So what you've got to do is you've got you've to use the back door now. And so we're back to those, those tactics that were used post-Reconstruction South. And um, it's, it's not a pretty picture at all. Now, let me ask you when it was, it was shortly after, I mean, Florida made some very um, progressive moves in the late 80s around electoral politics for the black community through redistricting. You and I both were involved in the redistricting of Palm Beach County, which gave Palm Beach mm-hmm. County a district, District 7, yes. that um, encompasses um, a majority um, African-American population, and that was happening in other counties around Florida. So that was some progress. It ended that Maud Lee uh, was voted, was elected the first uh, Palm Beach County commissioner because of that district, and that and that district has held a black county commissioner since, and I, I've forgotten what year that was, and you were her chief of staff, so maybe you remember the year. It's been a yes. long time, uh, Leah. <laughs> yes, it has been, yes. That was 92? In, ni- in 1992. Yes. So um, what has happened? Uh, where was the turning point where black political progression and achievement stalwarted? Uh, it become it became stagnant. Well, it it started really with um, legislative actions. As as power, um, as they saw more accountability for black voters, and as they saw more black faces and and black people having more of an opportunity to elect candidates of their choice, they began to whittle away with that. So now that they had redistricting, then they began to come up with what they call open primaries. So uh, the open primaries were situations where if you did not have two candidates that had opposing major parties, the, the primary was open to all voters. And, of course, you know, primaries are there for those parties to select to elect their nominees to run for that particular seat. So if it's open to any party, again, it's it's now open to the influence of money, of special interest and a vote to dilute the vote again. So it it really reversed the redistricting through those open primaries. And so that's actually what happened with Commissioner Lee's race. Um So folks were able to vote, Democrats and Republicans were able to vote in that race. Um, So, I mean, those are just some examples of of as you make progress, there's always going to be that pushback. But we we always have to remember that you just cannot just make the progress and sit back. So that happened all along the state. In fact, right now the 
the districts are much more diluted than than they were then. Um, they set out to do this whole um, voter confusion thing that is it's morphed back up again with this election, making people think, you know, you're cutting off your right to vote because you're only now voting for one person versus all of the candidates. But up to that point, we never had a voice really at that level. So people fall prey to that if they don't if they don't actually have an opportunity to see it through, to actually think it through to the end, because they will think, well, I can vote for all of these people, but at the end of the day, my vote gets canceled versus I can vote for this one person who I know is I'm going to be accountable to, and if that person is no longer accountable to me, I can kick that person out and get a new person. Now, we have these open primaries again, but at least you have an opportunity to – it's a better position than no position. Mm-hmm. Um, at the at the state level, um, at the state and, and the congressional level, the congressional level has pretty much been the same. There have been some changes at the state. As you know, the current county commissioner was previously a state representative uh, and a port commissioner. So, um, you know, so she's now at the county commission. We've now lost our majority minority uh, Senate seat here in the in the county over this last redistricting process, and the glades that was in our house district, um, they they bifurcated the glades from the east from the coast. So now the oh, glades are just that Bell Glade, South Bay, and Pahokee are no longer included in what was District 84. It's now yeah. just a part of several other districts in the west. So and, and all of these things are being done in secret. People don't know about it. The redistricting process, even though folks were saying it was going to be transparent, I mean, deals were just being cut. Despite the Fair Districts Initiative, deals were cut. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we we even had some representatives and some, some black folks cutting deals for themselves at the expense of the, the black electorate. And that's so, not true. <laughs> no, it's not good at all. Not so that that that's our we're we're in a we're really in a bad state here, and I I know there are some meetings going on uh, locally here with our black uh, legislative um, caucus, and I'm hoping that they can pull some things together. One that's one aspect that we want to focus on with Occupy the Community. Um, after this election, we're Occupy the Vote now. After the election, we change to Occupy the Community, and all of the interests that are, have been participating with us, we will formalize an agenda and work our agenda on these various issues going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to dissect each one of those mm-hmm. things that you talked about because that is really no different. It's happening all through the state of Florida, but it's happening in communities, and just as it's happening, as you've described it, in secret, it's happening in Chicago and Los Angeles, it's happening in uh, San Antonio, it's happening Mm -hmm. in um, Vermont and Mm -hmm. New Hampshire and Connecticut. You're listening to Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power, and ourselves, our guest tonight, Leah T. Gaines, We're going to get to work. You stay tuned. Hold on. Tonight on Our Common Ground, 
Transforming Truth to Power, one broadcast at a time. You have to create your own way. So we decided he was going to run in order to raise the issue of poor people, raise the issue of working people, and raise the issue of black people. He ran in part connected to a black agenda. My black agenda, we don't mean just special interests of black people. The black freedom struggle has been fundamentally about justice and fairness for all. That's what it is. Frederick Douglass didn't say, I just want freedom for black people. He wanted freedom for everybody. But he was going to begin on the chocolate side of town and spill over to vanilla and spill over to yellow and so forth. Ida B. Wells, in the, in the face of American terrorism, called Jim Crow. Did she want to terrorize other folks? No. Did she want just black people to be free? No. She wanted rights for everybody. She wanted liberty for everybody. The black freedom movement has always been about justice for everybody, fairness for everybody. That's something we need to keep in mind because a lot of people think, oh, the black agenda is just about those folk over here in the black section of town. No, you don't understand black history. That's Fox News. See? That's Fox News. They got their distorted conceptions full of lies and so forth. But it's also CNN. CNN doesn't tell the full truth. MSNBC doesn't tell the full truth. We've got to stay in contact with a tradition that authorizes our reality so that we don't get duped by these little narrow discourses that you get on television all the time. They're so truncated, they're so parochial, they're so provincial. They don't allow the variety of voices that would allow us to get at these deeper issues as it relates to poor people and working people. And that's what, in part, what, 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 what I was wrestling with, Sharp. Today, early voting begins in the state of Florida for the 2012 electoral contest. In the state of Florida this week, prosecutors have asked a judge to impose a gag order. The case of George Zimmerman, who murdered Trayvon Martin. In Florida this week, a judge ruled that attorneys for, for George Zimmerman can inspect the school records of Trayvon Martin. It is being reported that new black voter registration is down by 80% in South Florida. In the state of Florida, the State Board of Education this week is taking criticism for a new five-year plan which local school officials say sets lower goals for blacks, Hispanics, and other groups. In the state of Florida this week, there are many protests across the state, protesting traps set for ex-felons who will arrive at the polls. The black political reality and landscape of Florida with our guest, Leah Gaines. She's the president of the West Palm Beach chapter of the NAACP and the CEO of Community Economic Opportunities, Inc. This is Our Common Ground. Broadcasting black, bold and brave, speaking truth to power, and ourselves. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you.
we thank you for being here at our common ground. With us tonight, Leah Gaines, and we've been talking about the landscape of the political realities of black folks in Florida, and we thank you for being with us. If you'd like to join us in our chat room, you can do so by coming to blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. Leah, thank you, and thank you for staying with us. Um, let's talk about the legislative initiatives. Uh, I mean, what we want to get a handle on mm-hmm. is the content of the political empowerment of black people in Florida right now. You I mean you went from from early voting for uh, early voting ten days to eight days. Yes. Early voter suppression. Let's talk about the voter suppression campaigns across the state. Yes, well, I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think as more and more people learn about it, Janice, that's really been one of our recruiting tools for Occupy the Community. Because as people learn about it, they they become irate and they want to do something about it. But the the voter suppression in Florida is, I think, unparalleled. We start with the legislation that was passed by this overwhelmingly Republican legislature. Um, and signed by Rick Scott, which, first of all, required this third-party voter registration, which means that we could no longer go out and just set up our own voter registration drives. The voter registration drives had to be um, certified um, by a registered agent through an entity, and every individual that registers on your behalf has to be submitted and certified as a fiduciary of that third-party uh, registration. And then there, there were severe time uh, requirements on when you had to turn the, the, the uh, voter registration applications in 48 hours and fines up to $1,000 was the maximum fine. They ranged from 50 up to 250 to 500 to 1,000 for what they call willful violations and even um, possibility of uh, felonies. So this is what they did, and and by the time the injunction, the permanent injunction came through, we had only registered 11,000, a little over 11,000 voters, that is, across the state of Florida, that is, Democrats, um, during that same time, the previous years had registered, the previous elections had registered, and I'm not even counting the last presidential election, over 120-something registered voters. During the presidential election year, during that same time frame, there were over 260,000 people registered. But this year, after that legislative uh, change, only uh, not even 12,000 were registered. And by the time the injunction came, there was only five weeks left. So wow. you you remember they had that $5 million, $5 million voters they wanted to disenfranchise. So they accomplished that. And they they knew that it would probably be challenged and it would be shot down, but they knew that delay would would accomplish um, a significant amount of disenfranchisement. The other disenfranchisement was with the voter purge. And I'm sure you heard about the, the the Republicans. It was the uh, Rick Scott again and his Secretary of State, um, Ken Densner, Densner, and they decided that there was so much voter fraud. And, and let me just digress and, and say this. 
This voter suppression effort is the largest voter fraud ever committed on the voting public <laughs> in the history of this country. Okay, yes. But they they moved very quickly, and they, they said there are, there are over 180,000 ineligible voters on this list that need to be purged, and they were demanding that they be purged, and there were some injunctions to stop them, and um, they went to uh, the Fed's Department of Justice, tried to stop them. It went from 180,000. It's still ongoing. It's not resolved yet, by the way. It went from 180,000 to down to 20,000, down to, I think it was, hold on, let me look, let me look at my notes here, Janice. 120,000 down to, I think it was 13,000, then it, it dropped down to maybe less than 2,000, to now it's practically nil. That's in terms of who were actually ineligible on these on this list that they had, and of course you know they they were that list the list was disproportionately black and Latino. Mm-hmm. So, um, but all of that time and, and and folks had to spend lots of money to show that they were legitimate voters or that they were citizens, mm-hmm. and so that 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 also removed a lot of people. From the system, and of course, a lot of people became disillusioned. Then you had the governor um, and his—he came in and, and, and another secret plan, by the way—and with uh, three other members that, that form the clemency board. That's the attorney general, the agricultural commissioner, and the um, chief financial officer, and the governor. They serve as a clemency board. They met in secret, they had a proposal floating around in secret, and in March of 2011, they unveiled this new reform of the um, clemency rules, and they decided that they were no longer going to do the automatic restoration for Tier 1, that's nonviolent, and first-time offenders, that you did not really have to require a hearing, but you simply do an application, and it went before the board, and they would just sign off. They removed that. And they decided that they wanted to go back, actually, to create harsher mandatory wait periods. So now, if you're a Tier 1 um, offender, you have to wait five years before you can even apply to have your rights restored. And if you're a Tier 2, you have to wait seven years. Now, that impacted over a million people right there. So... Of, of course, I read recently. I read le- recently that uh, despite uh, a lot of uh, protests, mm-hmm. that um, there is a, uh, the, the the officials in the state of Florida, up in Ponce de Leon uh, mm-hmm. uh, County, are putting out the word that any ex-felons who attempt to vote and who have been able to authenticate their right to vote are going to, I mean, it's a, it's a scare tactic that they're right. going uh, that they're going to be met at the polls by law enforcement officials and, and prison officials or probationary officials. 
and right. um, Yvette Lewis, the political action chair of the Hillsbury County uh, NAACP, um, is trying to get a response and to turn mm-hmm. that around and. You know, it goes for everyone in every state. You need to know your status, your your voter registration status, um, and to know whether or not, you know, for instance, in Massachusetts, felons can vote. Yes. Uh, But there's lots of literature that makes that issue uh, kind of confusing as to whether, as to the, direct question, am I eligible Uh to vote? The other thing that's troubling in Florida, and for those of you who are listening, you know that Florida is my home state, and West Palm Beach, where Leah Gaines is the president of the NAACP chapter, uh, is my hometown. And Uh uh, this is very disturbing that when... Registrations closed in October 2008. There were uh, approximately, if I recall this correctly, 245,000 new black voters. Mm -hmm. And as of August of this year, uh, there were only about 51,000 new Mm -hmm. black voters had been added to the rolls. Right. And those are just new. That's not to even account for the outcome of the voter suppression campaigns that are going on there. Right. Yes. That's right. And um and and the other thing regarding the the restoration of rights, we found out Janice that well ACLU did a public records request of the Florida Parole Commission found out that of the 17,000 folks that had had their rights restored, over 13,000 did not even know it. And so, and they were, of course, they were not letting people know. When they sent the notices out, they were certified and had their rights restored. So many of all those notices came back to the Florida Parole Commission because people, there was such a backlog and they took so long. By the time they mailed it out, the person had moved and there or the forwarding, there was no forwarding or the forwarding had expired. So over 13,000 people now are eligible to vote and were not did not know it, were not informed, and so never even registered. We found this out in September, and, of course, that's right up close, in, you know, to the deadline, the cutoff. Mm-hmm. So that's another 13,000. And then, as you mentioned, I call them vigilante groups. True the Vote is here in Florida. They are challenging voters. They are linking up with other Tea Party vigilante groups, such as Judicial Watch. Uh-huh. And, and the Klan. <laughs> yes, and the Klan. And they're mobilizing national networks of poll watchers to challenge and intimidate voters. And they're targeting you know, large black precincts and polling places. In fact, we got a report today at our Occupy the Vote meeting that they were actually at the Supervisor of Elections Office early vote site intimidating people this morning. So um that you know, those are those are the voter suppression tactics. We we've, we've got the clemency issue, the restoration of rights. Then we've got the we've got the absentee ballot issue. I know you've heard about that. 
Well, I, I'm not surprised by anything that you might report, but please do report. Well, well Susan Booker also, who's our supervisor of elections, there there was a group that was registering voters here, a Republican-financed uh, group, and they were dumping Democrat, uh, Demo- people who were registering as Democrats, and there were fraudulent registrations going on. They got busted. They shut them down. They 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 left the state of Florida. But not only that. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Not only that. We whoever uh, prints these uh, absentee ballots, sixty thousand ballots went out in error, and I. I really believe if we were to trace that down, it would not. It, we would find that was not a coincidence that sixty thousand ballots that we know of absentee ballots that went out were in error. And so, if the person were to complete it accurately and fed it into the system, the machine would kick it out because it was some of them were not formatted properly. So that would have been another sixty thousand voters. They're ending up actually. Um, canceling out absentee ballots because they're saying if your signature doesn't match, that was also part of this new legislation that they that the Republicans passed. Let because me ask need, you: Was yeah. there any anticipation, given how the election was stolen for George Bush in the state of Florida, and you had your hanging chads and Carol Roberts and the posse were down in Palm Beach County? Commission um, uh, building, the county commission building, counting chads and votes for days on end. Was there any anticipation about a defense by the Florida Democratic Party uh, regarding voter suppression and voter fraud that you're describing? Well, you, you're you're doing a great job of setting the agenda for Occupy the Community because going <laughs> forward, these are the quest, these are the proactive things we need to be. Cognizant. We've got to do our due diligence. I mean, we have to look at every single thing that impacts the the uh, the voting and election, and because you know we could have never anticipated all of this. That I, I will say that this 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 has our heads spinning and spinning and spinning. They're coming at every single angle, and they're coming just so fast and furious, it's it's ridiculous. But now we know. So now that we know what we know, we've got to we've got to address that going forward and and put that put that before the party because it really is something that needs to be dealt with, and we've got to look at every single thing. We've got to look yeah, at. Yeah, I I have to step back, uh, Leah. Um, have, knowing the political landscape of Florida for for a very uh, short while, mm-hmm. but none of this is surprising to me. Mm-hmm. What happened in Florida in the race between Gore and 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 George Bush told me everything about mm-hmm. the stakes of these people. Mhm, mhm, mhm. I mean, yeah. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm looking at absentee ballots, and we had Nina Turner, who is the Ohio senator, uh, on a couple of weeks ago, and, and I have been talking, we, we talked with her about voter suppression in Ohio. Mm-hmm. The same thing that's happening in Ohio, in Florida, as you describe it, 
mm-hmm. could have been, should have been anticipated. I mean, mm-hmm. we had Barbara Arnwine and we've had um, uh, Judith uh, Brown Dianas from the Advancement Project, and we've all been talking about voter suppression since last fall. I checked my my uh, program archives. We've been talking right. about this. And, and those folks have done a great job of coming in and helping us fight it, but you don't want we don't want to have to fight it on this side. We want to stop it from starting. Uh huh. That's right. And yeah. I'm 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 just I'm just uh, and I said this to Barbara Arnwine of the Lawyers Committee last fall is that I thought that the Lawyers Committee, the NAACP, and the Advancement Project really should be forcing the Democratic National Committee to finance the fight against what was to come. I mean, we could see this coming. I can Mm -hmm. see, I mean, we've got to, just from what you've described, and people out there, you have got to start pressing the metal to make sure that there is electoral reform. Mm -hmm. One of the things that is very disturbing is how, all of these pieces of paper are floating around in the world. Mm-hmm. That's one thing that's got to stop. There yep. is no reason why that if India, South Africa, Malaysia, uh, other countries can't mm-hmm. have voting going on for a three-month period. Mm-hmm. It's simple. Yep. If, in fact... Yep. We value the franchise If in fact we value Democracy Mm -hmm. And the other is uh, About the uh, Voting Rights Act Violations that are going on The intimidation, the billboards I mean I I, I heard On a report a couple of days ago That somebody Who clearly had violated the, The Voters Rights Act is paying a fine of $3,000. That's not enough, folks. No. We either think it's important or we don't think it's important. If we think it's not important, then forget about who's the president and who's the senator and and run your own stuff in your own community. And here in Florida, I think there's only five counties that are still covered jurisdictions under Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act. If you ask me, all of the state of Florida needs to be under Section covered. Uh, need everything needs to fall under Section five. So every new change would have to be pre-cleared by Justice Department. The and, and to tell you the truth, they might they might reach their goal because those original five covered jurisdictions were covered because I think back in 1960, less than 50 percent of the voting age population um, were registered or, or vote participated, and that's how they got put under that that um, jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. So they might accomplish that with all yeah. of this voter suppression. But Janice, even if you make it through, and you have voter ID, and you're able to um, go to do early voting. And you make it through voter registration as well, they got one more thing to discount your vote, and that's the actual ballot. They have packed this ballot with so much confusing, trickery, deception, that Mm -hmm. you would think you were voting for something in your best interest, 
and you're killing yourself. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so even if you make it through and are able to vote, you've got to have the knowledge. You've got to do the research. You've got to affirmatively find out to look at this the um, legislative history of these constitutional amendments to find out this is all a ruse. It's yep. all, every single one was put on by that Republican legislature, every single <laughs> amendment. And then there are referendum initiatives, legislative initiatives on the ballots mm-hmm. that are designed to get certain groups of people out to vote as opposed and 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 Leah, the thing is that Florida is the template. Florida and Ohio is the template for vo- voter fraud for di- for disavowing individuals voting franchise. Yes. We've got a caller on the line who wants to talk to you and uh let's go to the caller because I I just I just have this idea that we need to be talking about when the election is stolen in Florida, what next? 773, uh-huh. you're on the air with Leah Gaines out of Palm Beach County, Florida. Well, good evening, Seven- Janice, and good evening to your guests. Good I'm evening, a- Alpha from Chicago. Hello. Hello. Uh, I find it. I can't say how depressing. I can't express just my the level of disappointment. And it, you know, and there's no criticism on, uh, you know, yourself or, you know, your organization, the whole nine yards. Just I think it's more of a criticism of the DNC and the Democratic Party in general. Uh, the people of Florida seem to be captured in this time warp of just unintended, not just unintended consequences, but of apathy. And, and it, it, it sounds like they've been thoroughly out-politicked, out-schemed, out... I mean, this is what think tanks do. And as Democrats, they simply... I'll I'll put it like this. We simply celebrated the victory of 2008 and went home. And that was it, while the Republicans went back to the drawing board to figure how to stop the next election. They are playing the long game, and we seem to be playing just for tomorrow. And it has come to fruition, all of their hard work, and their hard work, should have been challenged uh, The secrecy Of what they've done Or what they did Should have been court challenged And I understand their game They come at you From so many directions That it makes it basically Impossible financially To Push back on them Now they have all the money mm-hmm, Now mm-hmm. they have their own rules so mm-hmm. now everyone, I mean, the I would say the beginning of this has to be the information that you have disseminated should be beaten like a drum. Mm-hmm. The Republican Party needs to be demonized and vilified. It's anti-American, anti-Constitution. 
but we don't have the microphone for that. We don't. And, and, and let me just right. say this to you, Alpho. I think that there is more political engagement in black communities in Florida than in most states. I just want to say that to you. That's scary. I mean, you come to Massachusetts and you can't find a nat nowhere worrying about who's going to get elected or what's happening here. Or that's why Scott Brown was able to take Ted Kennedy's seat without a blink. And you're absolutely right. And, and, and you're so busy fighting. You're so busy fighting. You, you when you take a you take a break. You can't take a break because you need to get ready for the next fight or anticipate the next problem. And and your caller is so right because you know with with the money that's being poured in. I don't. I'm sure you've heard of Sheldon Adelson, the the yep. big um, casino mogul. Who yep. has put in up to? Uh, they're saying a hundred million. I dare say probably more than that into this campaign, and um, into I mean into these super PACs, and they're fueling all of this. It, that money is fueling these legislatures. It's fueling these these voter purge efforts. These vigilante groups such as True the Vote. It's fueling all of these think tanks. So that they for their for for the survival and well being of, of of a few elites, mm-hmm. and that's that's basically it. And and then there's another there's another aspect to it, Alpha too. Uh, I mean, to my point that I made to you when I lived in Florida, uh, Leah will tell you I was in a meeting every night. Yeah. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, People really do work, but the part of the problem is that if it's not the developers of Florida, if it's not the capitalists and the corporatists of the county, then it's people like Sheldon Adelson who come in with a billion dollars committed to get what he wants because he's going to make $5 billion if he gets it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, and you see, my problem... You know, I'm not here to point a finger at, you know, any of the, you know, the organizing groups, any of the, you know, uh, institutions like the NAACP. And, you know, I'm not here to say that is, you know, that should have been checked. Or I think the DNC and the DCCC bear the biggest burden of blame. When you get right down to it, you know, the Sheldon Adelsons, you know, he doesn't even bring a vote. I don't know if he lives there, but all he brings is the finances. They bring the money, and the money motivates. And since on the Democratic side, the money is in such uh, limited, uh, you have such limited access, this is what think tanks do. They create all of this confusion, they create all of this bad legislation along with ALEC, and what they simply do is they overwhelm the normal citizens. This isn't voter fraud. This is election fraud. And when mm-hmm. you get right mm-hmm. through it, the, the, I mean, all of the things that I've heard you say that they've taken uh, 
painstaking, uh, they've been rabid about it, and they've got mm-hmm. it in. There, there has to be a, a challenge in a court, and even, even now the courts are packed with their people. So where, do where does where do where does John Q. Public go other than into a coma of apathy and into a coma of oh well it doesn't matter how I vote if I vote at all when they came when you know it it just this has been going is, on for forty years. This, this is, is exactly why I have been preaching the notion that electoral politics is only one part of the puzzle. That's right. Because if we depend on electoral politics rather than creating our own movement, we've been sitting for four years. We could have done a little bit here and a little bit there to empower our communities to do what we need to happen, and we have not done it. And I am telling you, it is because we're not doing it at the doing it at the local level, where local decisions make a difference. Right, right. And 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 while we're under this assault, and I, I must say, communities are holding their own even under this assault. I was painting the picture just so the listener could understand all of the ways that we are under assault. Yeah, because I saw the lines today. Today was the first day of voting, early voting in Florida, and I saw a line outside of some place, and it looked like it was um, over there at the park. Yes. And it was like a two-hour line. I talked to Barbara Arnwine this afternoon. She was in a line to vote in early voting in Maryland, and she was in a line for two and a half hours uh, uh, waiting to vote. Right, right. And, so, and we, we're we training people on how to assist people in voting, to know what their rights are. Our people know more about how the, the polling place should operate than the poll watchers and the poll workers do. They know how to, They know what to do. Um, how to um, counter a challenge? They know how to how to address a poll worker. So we, our people are fighting back, and you know, I think in the end we're going to hold our own. But I think, as Janice said, we can't stop. And 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 so we we made it through that one. We got to start right again, staying two and three steps ahead for the next time. Exactly. Hey, Alpha, thank you for your call, and for those of you who are listening, don't forget to catch. The Alpha Show, it's the best in advanced urban progressive talk radio, Friday nights, 10 p.m. on TruthWorks Network. We're going to go to 4.05. You're on the air. Thank you for your call. Where are you calling from? Hello, Janice. 4.05, calling right out of Oklahoma. The Don, it's the Dean. Meet yes, uh, I, uh, yes, I really uh, uh, appreciate your guest, uh, Ms. Gaines. I've, uh, uh, I'm aware of her involvement in the community. Um, uh, you know, I can understand uh, the fact that, uh, you know, it's, it's very tough and uh, sometimes frustrating.
frustrating to deal with the uh, political aspect of the uh, system, as you stated, Janet. And, you know, Ms. Gaines, sometimes I wonder, you know, I mean, how do you, you know, maintain your sanity? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we have a great, um, we, we have some soldiers here that we all work together do it together. We work it together. But that, believe you me, you know, I I I'm lucky to have an environment where when I need to go off and just say what I need to say, I can do that. <laughs> because I don't have I, I don't I don't I'm not fearful. I'm not in a situation where I've got to hold my tongue. But you know, it, it is hard to keep your sanity because it, it's it's such a struggle every day. But I think you know when we do see those victories. I mean, to me, the victory is in the fight. That's how I see it, and that's what keeps me going. And then when we finally get some outcomes, that's great. But but we have to look at it that way that that the victory is in the fight, or you really would be insane. Yes, it is local, you know, because, uh, you know, I've worked uh, with the uh, police department here locally. I've worked with uh, Roosevelt Milton, who's formerly the uh, president of the Oklahoma City branch of uh, NAACP. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, our state is probably reflective of, uh, you know, the same way, thing that's going on in uh, Florida. You know, it's just hard to... Uh, impress upon the population that uh, that we serve the importance of getting involved, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and there's so many um, obstacles that we have to address. Uh, you know, we try to get together with the clergy and their organizations, and you know, then we got to, you know, sort of get peace between them in order to mm-hmm. get uh, some type of a uh, uh, a semblance of unity uh-huh. uh, in order uh-huh. to approach the uh, legislatures and the, uh, you know, the governmental institutions that we need to deal with to where, uh, you know, we're being oppressed and left out. Uh-huh. And that's why I'm so impressed with, um, I'm glad that you are, you know, uh, you are diligent in uh, trying to uh, see to it that we can access uh, economically the funds necessary in order to empower ourselves through business and other ventures, uh, which is what we must do. Uh, Because when you look at the uh, Democrats and the Republicans, I believe they're the two sides of the same coin. And the idea that the average person can uh, run for office in this country uh, democratically, uh, you know, which is a representative republic, um, it's not there. You know, if you don't have mm-hmm. the funds, money to uh, to maintain uh, a campaign, the millions of dollars is needed uh, to the hundreds of thousands state and local races and, and millions when you're talking about national elections, you can forget it. So where's the average person? Where's the average uh, man or woman? who wants to, uh, you know, uh, exercise some uh, uh, political uh, involvement, uh, what, you know, where are they going to go? You know, and, and that, thus there we have the, uh, uh, the frustration and the attitude uh, that my vote don't count, 
you know, to hell with the political system, and, you know, I don't want to hear it, you know, and it doesn't matter to me, you know, I got my own problems, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, Alpha said it all, and, uh, you know, I uh, really, uh, that's my brother, and uh, he he uh, he lays it out. And uh, so um, I can't follow him, uh, you know, too much. Uh, I think he's said everything that needs to be said with reference to our subject matter, uh, with, and especially what I'm, I, I would say. So I would just encourage you to keep on keeping on, and I'm glad that you uh, have, uh, uh, you know, uh, taken time out to uh, be a guest with uh, Janice um, and, uh, you know, enlighten us and encourage us and let us know uh, what's happening down there in Florida uh, because we understand the type of state that is. You know, I I equate it the same way as uh, Oklahoma. You know, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a... Thank you very much, Janice, and Food Works, and, uh, you know, we appreciate it. So uh, just uh, stay encouraged and uh, keep on keeping on, uh, Miss Gaines. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Don, and you you hang in there. That was Doc Don from Oklahoma, and we've been talking with Alpha of the Alpha Show with Leah Gaines. She is the president of the uh, West Palm Beach chapter of the NAACP. Uh, She is a graduate of Howard University Law School, and she is the executive director of the Center for Enterprise Opportunity, a private nonprofit organization um, organized under Florida statute, and it is a non-traditional lender, raising capital from public and private investors, uh, government, banks, individuals, and philanthropic organizations, and we're going to talk with her more about uh, Center for Enterprise Opportunity when we come back from this break. Thank you for being with us. If you'd like to talk with Leah T. Gaines, her, our number is 347-838-9852. This is Our Common Ground. I need no hits. Our Common Ground. Talk that matters. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Those who came before you pledged their lives to the right to vote. After Susan B. Anthony was arrested for voting, the women's rights movement intensified through mass marches, hunger strikes, and demonstrations. In the early 1900s, 40,000 women marched in solidarity. Hundreds of White House protesters were arrested and jailed. During World War I, Freedom Begins at Home was a rallying cry. And in 1920, American women won the right to vote. The right to vote was fought for you with great heroism and courage. Honor history. Voter suppression is your business. Please register to vote. Please ensure that you are resisting voter suppression in your community. And don't forget to vote in November. I'm Janice Graham.
Black Women in the Prison, Unleashing the Power, Fury in the Light. A live radio forum in collaboration with TruthWorks Network and the Black Women's Blueprint. Premiering October 30th, live and calling, 10 p.m., TruthWorks Network. This is Janice Graham of Our Common Ground Communications, hoping you'll join us for Black Women in the Prison, Unleashing the Fury, Power in the Light, a special radio forum for, about, and with black women, informed by the love and respect of our brothers, a special broadcast collaboration with TruthWorks Network and the Black Women's Blueprint. We hope you'll join us Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Tales of the good times. Black women in the prison. Reclaiming our lives. what we didn't do. Amen. Then it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person, regardless of who's in the White House. Because ultimately, 
Our people's future resides on what we do outside of the White House, not in the White House. Our Common Ground invites you to join us on November 5th and November 6th of coverage of the 2012 election. The Our Common Ground special coverage will examine electoral contests nationwide in these United States of America. Will the results inform a democracy? November 5th, our panel will include Lauren Burke, editor of Crew of 45, the news media coverage of black politics on the Hill. Editor and political analyst of blackpoliticsontheweb.com. Our panel will include, on both nights, Dr. Matthew B. Johnson, host of Soul the Fire and Alpha of the Alpha Show at TruthWorks Network. India Declare, the host of I Declare on Blog Talk Radio, airing Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. On November 6th, a special hour, 11 p.m., we will come in and discuss where we are in this contest. Will President Obama overcome the impediments of money, voter registration, racialization of the politics? I'm Janice Graham. Join us November 5th and November 6th. November 5th, 10 p.m. November 6th, 11 p.m. Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our Alpha, 
and on November 6th, we'll be looking at what has transpired. I am sure by the time we go on the air on November 6th at 11 p.m., which is a different time for us, that we probably might not know by then how this election came out at the national level, but we'll be able to look at state by state what has happened to the House and to the Senate, and that will be important. Also on October 30th, we're starting our series, Black Women in the Prism, and we hope that you will join us 10 p.m., hosted by the New York Human Rights and Womanness Organization Black Women's Blueprint. That's at 10 p.m., premiering October 30th. Tonight at Our Common Ground, we're talking about the state of Florida with Leah Gaines. She's the executive director of the Center for Enterprise Opportunity. She is the president of the West Palm Beach chapter branch. You know, uh, Leah, Ms. Bowie, just turned over in her grave when I'm talking about that. <laughs> you remember when we were kids? When we were kids, you would tell us the NAACP does not have chapters; they have branches. Uh, actually, the, actually, the the affiliates at school at universities are chapters. But okay. General, yeah, but general membership affiliates are branches. But uh-huh, at a school, uh-huh. it would be a chapter. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay. I, I really do. I, I do want to say to you, after all these years, I do uh, uh, miss uh, the politics and the organized community organized and the community radio uh, down yes. in 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 Florida. Uh, it is very hard to try to connect Don in Oklahoma and Sarah in Texas and Michelle. In mm-hmm. in New Jersey, and by the way, for those of you who do not believe that black people are getting promotions, we want to announce tonight that Michelle Odom, who is the who was the producer of Soul of Fire, the content producer for Soul of Fire, working with uh, Dr. Matthew Johnson, has been promoted. She is now the production administrator for Our Common Ground Communications, and you'll be hearing a lot from Michelle. And Michelle is in our chat room tonight, so you can hit her up for a drink after the show because she's making big bucks, big bucks. On a a personal note, though, uh, Leah, I do miss, you know, we'd go to the meetings, we'd go to the NAACP meeting one night and the Urban League meeting the next night and the, the Black right. Chamber of Commerce meeting the next night and the County Commission Committee meeting the next night and meeting all day and all night and then real... And then back to the radio station, which we don't have anymore. We do not have <laughs> a community activist radio uh, program here. That's right. Uh, yeah. Back to the radio station and 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 all the planning and organizing and activities. But what I miss most is the meeting after the meeting. That's when activists get it together. It's the meeting after the meeting to sort out, process what happened in the meeting, to correct all the crazy things that happens in community meetings, and then be ready for uh, the next day. 
the other thing I want to point out to people is that uh, Leah Gaines is an example of what happens when they come, when you bring children up in a tradition of valuing community. Now, I'm about to put myself in perspective here, so you all just, Alpha, <laughs> shut up. I'm just going to tell you before you even say anything to just shut up. I used to babysit Leah Gaines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and she went. She 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 comes from a family that valued community. Her father was one of the black physicians in our community. Her mother was a teacher in our community, and they were community activists. So she grew up to be a community activist, and by the time she got to Howard Law School, she understood that she had a personal mission. That's I did. I let you say sense. Howard Law School twice. I went to Howard undergrad. Undergrad, I went right. To, I went to FSU um, law school. That's right. Up there in Tallahassee. Right. right. Um, but I will let you say law school a little bit. <laughs> okay. Florida Redneck Law School. Okay, that's that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Because University of Florida Law School was Redneck Law School number one, and Florida State University Law School was Redneck Law School number two. Okay, because my law school was named after the judge that ruled that um, Virgil Hawkins, to allow him to come to school in Florida, would, would be riotous. So the Black Student Union, the Black Law Student Association, which I was a part of, we demanded that they name the library after Virgil Hawkins, and they did. Because I was was there as a Virgil Hawkins fellow, so I felt we should at least do something in his honor and in his legacy. You know, I went to school from FAMU, too, you know. Remember that? Yeah, that's right. They're going to steal something else from FAMU. They're using all this hazing stuff. All of a sudden... White school hazing is not important, but black school hazing is important. And that's not to minimize the death of Mr. Champion of the FAMU marching band. Mm-hmm. But hazing has been going on in the state of Florida, in all of the colleges and universities. But mm-hmm. one of the things that they – I mean, this this governor – got involved in the this is this is another piece of the political part uh of 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 Florida and why black yep. why it's important for black people to be clear about what the issues are uh Rick Scott got involved in the hazing issue at FAMU because it is part of the plan to dismantle Florida A&M University and continue to integrate it absorb its programs, which, by the way, it has two stellar programs that are nationally acclaimed, their School of Architecture and their School of Business Administration, and they're planning to take it and, and put it and in. And their pharmacy school and their and nursing their pharmacy. school. That's and right. their journalism school. They're all being, white folks are all trying to flock to all of those schools now, from FSU, right. by the way. That's right. Pardon me? Yes, and they're coming from FSU. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And once they do that, 
then the revenues that always came in the music department because of the Marching 100 band and the revenues that always came from the athletic department at FAMU will Mm -hmm. then be seized by either the University of Florida, University of South Florida, or Florida State University. That's the plan. It's been a plan for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, you know, I have forgotten all about the school of pharmacy, and I shouldn't have because Uncle Dyson, that built, that school is named after him. I right. Mean, you know, so I mean, there is there is. Um, Dr. And they get Dahi. some of the largest NIH uh, grants in the nation. That right. school of pharmacy does, yeah. But see, that's another place where it is important about who is the governor because of the appointments that the governor can make and how please explain to me two things. How Mm -hmm. did Alan West come about and how did Rick Scott get elected? How did black people? This is what happened with the Rick Scott issue. It it comes down to race again (laughs) because you had, remember Charlie Chris? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. He was the former governor. I saw the him the other was, night sitting behind Michelle he, Obama. Right. He jumped he jumped mm-hmm. out of the race to become an independent. But um you know, Kendrick Meek, they didn't want to they did not want to get behind the Democrats did not get behind Kendrick Meek. Mhm. We saw that. Right. And so uh, Rick Scott bought his bought the governorship. That's basically what he did. He just he just bought it the same way Mitt Romney is trying to do it. Uh, that's basically they they they're working from the same book pretty much. Yep it it it, it was a practice. When he got into office. Even the people who thought they wanted him, he went from very very popular to like thirty dropped to thirty percent right after he got into office because. We found out he had all these conflicts with Philantic, wanting to test all these um, folks that receive public assistance to go through drug testing, and he had he owned all of these emergency clinics, and um, he put his stuff into a blind trust, and all this stuff came out. His popularity tanked. The whole thing about the um, painkiller database, he was against that. He stopped all the a lot of the stimulus funds and um, home. A hard, hardest hit fund from coming to homeowners. So he dropped very suddenly. People were trying to say, how can we recall him? But there's no constitutional provision to recall our governor of the state of Florida. Yeah, and people and didn't I, and know when, that. When that issue came up, one of the things that I thought about is how can you um, uh, arrest him uh, mm-hmm. for felons? Uh, I mean, mean, some of these people have got to go to, it's going to come down to that. People have got to be prosecuted for Mm -hmm. violations of the Voter Rights Act. They've got, I mean, like this, I I just, I I don't get. I love Cummings' approach. Cummings is saying this is is rising to a criminal conspiracy. Exactly. That's what that's what that's the case he's tried to make, and, I, and that's a great strategy. <laughs> and you know, one of the strange things about it is that 
Um, you know, people who listen to this show will always say that uh, that much of the conversations and discussions that we have border on conspiracy. And you can say what you want to say, but most of them have come to be true. That's right. And when you look at what we do know, I am not understanding how black people cannot begin to think outside of the box for Mm -hmm. solutions to some of this stuff rather than looking for the traditional ways of solving it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example right there in Florida. We know that there was a suspicion, and for people like me, I am convinced that absentee ballots, that uh, uh, there was fraud with voting machines um, Mm -hmm. uh, in the 2004 election. Right. And it was hard for us on the air to get people to accept the idea Mm-hmm. that while it sounded conspiratorial, mm-hmm. it was in fact, fact. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that in your community uh, outreach and education? How do you begin to get people uh, to you know, think? You, you're, right, you know, and, and I was, now that you said that, I think the way to get them to, to at least hook them in is we probably have to be a little bit more creative about our, our language because, okay, they conspiracy might turn someone off, but they're not going to even have an open mind to even listen to what you're saying. But conspiracy just simply means somebody's strategy, NVIDIA strategy has been exposed. So, mm-hmm. so, so just say it's a criminal strategy. It's a criminal um Plan, but you know, so the, I think the word conspiracy just drives people crazy. They want to put, they want to make you um, an outlier, a pariah. You know what I mean? If you're 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 an outcast, you're just way off on the edge. So I think you know, oftentimes people will respond just to language because you could say something one way and they say no, 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 I say it another, and they say yeah, 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 yeah. So I think we have to be, we maybe we have to kind of rethink how we um, articulate what is happening and um, so they can at least have an open mind to hear it out and then probably by the time they hear it out, they'll be calling it a conspiracy. <laughs> you know what you I know, mean? I have, thought, I have thought about communities um, buying a voting, black, some black organizations getting together and buying a voting machine. And letting people vote twice, they go to their poll and they and they vote. Then they come to the black vote machine and they vote there, so that we can begin to compare what we're seeing. We have no way of. Com- I mean, uh, um, exit you mean testing polls what's being done. don't right, do anything right. for us. Um, right. The other thing of thinking out of the box is working on a priority about how political ads are placed on TV and radio. I'll give you an example. This afternoon I heard a TV ad which said, uh, a Scott Brown ad that said Elizabeth Warren is going to 
um, invade the Medicare fund for $17 million uh, to fund other programs for poor people. Oh, and I was okay. asking the question, do you want your Medicare that you paid into to be messed with by Elizabeth Warren? I mean, that mm. is so blatantly untrue yeah. right, that we right, have right. got to have, find a way to do mm-hmm. two things. Educate the electorate on during the non-election uh, season so mm-hmm. that they can filter out these uh, these messages. But on the other hand, we've got to get the FCC at some point to mm-hmm. stop uh, to stop the lying in the ads, no matter where it's coming from. Right. And right. as India Declare is saying, is that they're they're putting out desperate lying and inflammatory advertising, and that has got, I mean, where in the hell, when did the law change to the extent that people, I mean, the, the Romney you can campaign. You say anything and do anything, yeah, it's just, exactly. yeah. I mean, those are the kinds of priorities, and we can't wait until three months before the election. You know, Mm-mm. you know, Leah, you've known me for a long, you've known me almost all your life. Mm-hmm. This whole notion of the racist attack on this president mm-hmm. that we didn't call out, mm-hmm. that we didn't yep. hold him accountable for the yep. for the demonization and throwing Reverend Jeremiah Wright under the bus. We yep. didn't hold him accountable for that. We didn't hold him accountable for universal health care. Mm-hmm. We didn't hold him accountable for a lot of things. We have got to hold everybody accountable, and until we do that, we're going to be just where we are today. Yep, 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 yep. So um, I just just think that Florida has been the testing ground when when they were able to successfully, the the first time, steal the election in Mm -hmm. Florida. Then Florida mm-hmm. became the gym. Yep. The gym of the gym of everything that's happening now. And in the last four years, they've just been given permission because, as Dr. Matthew V. Johnson, and for those of you who do not know, you can catch him on TruthWorks Network on Wednesday evenings at ten, as he says that they will sacrifice their integrity at the altar of their racist god. Wow. That's it. And wow. that's what has happened. But mm-hmm. I, I also want to talk to you. It's, uh, we only have about a half an hour more on the program, and I do want to talk to you about something where your organization, you're the executive director of the Center for Enterprise Opportunity, to mm-hmm. tell us more about that. And I watched you. I mean, one of the things that we have to learn as activists is that you have to be persistent and you have to be steady and you have to be focused on where you're going. And if you're not doing that, you can be distracted by Mitt Romney and his lion soul and Mm -hmm. Barack Obama who uh, capitulates and goes blank sometimes. I don't know what happens to that brother sometimes. But 
tell us about your organization and what you do. Okay. Uh, I, I, I mean, I've watched you be still focused on creating an organization for economic opportunity for distressed communities, and it started with your, what do you used to call that, your, uh, when you first when you first started the out, better corporation the better corporation yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well all yeah. of these were all of these those that initiative as well as the center for enterprise opportunity those were all those were outgrowths of policies that were put on the table by the first African American commissioner in Palm Beach County Maude Ford Lee at the time I was her uh, chief of staff. And um, we said, you know, these are some things that that we need to develop here in Palm Beach County. And she said, okay, Leah, you go make it happen. So, uh, so basically, it took it took about three years to get the policies in place uh, in the comprehensive plan, in the economic elements, and then we set out to fund them, and then we set out to basically create them in the community and um the 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 beauty of all of this is they're still sustained they've been um still going on and still impacting uh, great social change in our communities. So Center for Enterprise Opportunity is what's known as a community development financial institution or a CDFI. And CDFIs uh, were created from some legislation in 1994 called the RIGO Community Development and Regulatory Act. <clears throat> and it's um, a fund was created in the U.S. Department of Treasury, which certified um, entities. It can be loan funds, such as the entity that that I um, currently direct, or it could be a, a community development bank, or it could be another depository institution, such as a credit union. Or it can be another institution that is, for example, a microenterprise fund. So this is a we basically have a small business, microenterprise, and community development fund all wrapped into one. And we currently um, we are, we are an intermediary. That means we we administer um, three loan funds. One is from the U.S. Small Business Administration. One is from the United States Department of Agriculture, and one is from the Federal Home Loan Bank. We just recently received our fifth tranche, and when I say tranche, I mean our fifth loan. What we what we do in essence is we borrow money from sources, public and private, and we reloan them back out into the community for community development projects, small businesses in underserved and distressed communities. So um, that's what we do in a nutshell. We also provide training and technical assistance. With how how are we different from a bank? We we just don't care about the 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 money that we make or the interest that we charge on our loans um, or the profit that you make. We want to know how your business is going to create jobs for local residents, how it's going to improve the neighborhoods and build social capital as well in communities. And we're different from the bank in that we take a, a personal interest in the entrepreneurs that come to us. We want to know their story. Uh, we want to know they're committed to helping the community as well as seeing their businesses prosper. 
and we want to get them to the point where they're business ready and loan ready. We just don't say no, go away. And we're more flexible. Credit is not a deal breaker with us. We look at we look behind the credit score and the credit report, and we look at what actually is the credit issue. How can we address those issues and move your your business forward? So we've we've created we probably loaned out probably now between nine and ten million dollars since we started almost fifteen years ago, probably close to um three hundred and eighty maybe four hundred businesses and approximately two thousand jobs we've created or sustained now folks, I hope you heard that this is what we need to be doing in our community. We don't need to be waiting for who is the president, who is the the the, the senator, who is the anything. These laws, these programs are already on the books. Did you hear? Nearly 2,000 jobs in the community. Nearly three small business loans in excess of $9 million made to 380 businesses. Now, Ms. Gaines's organization, Center for Enterprise Opportunity, is a 5013C. It has a certification as a community development finance institution. If you will recall, we talked about this when we had our dear brother, uh, William Sandy Darity, with us, and also Derek Hamilton with us, one from Stanford, one from um, community co- um, the New School in New York. You can become, your organization can become this, a registered intermediary for the Small Business Administration Treasury, for the U.S. Department of Agriculture Rural Development Agency, we can do this without electoral politics. If you want to talk with Leah Gaines, our number is 347-838-9852 because I'm just declaring she's the $9 million woman. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, that's the term you used to use used to use all the time when you first started. And I was around in Florida when you first started with this idea, and used to say your incubator. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, so, well, with the better corporation, we did the incubator at Spanish Courts. Remember? That's right. That's right. Right. So. Um, so Folks, I am I am suggesting to you that we need to get out of the business of ranting and raving. We need to get out of the business that everybody's going to get rich quick and be on MSNBC. That's not the goal. We've got to focus on what is the goal. The goal is to have healthy empowered communities. I mean, we have I, – I, you all keep calling up here talking about, oh, it's just like back in the 50s, and oh, it's just like back in the 60s. You 
You're damn right. And back in the 50s and 60s, black people had their own. Mm-hmm. We are back in neo-slavery days. You better check out the archives and our views on Toothworks Network because you need to know about the era called neo-slavery. It was before Jim Crow. Because mm-hmm. at least in Jim Crow, we had something that we could hold on to. So what I'm suggesting is that when you, as as Lee Gaines just laid it out, she organized to the community, she identified what the priorities were and where she was going to spend her priority. And it was in economic development for distressed communities. And you all know, you live, everybody's living in a distressed community. I'm living in a distressed community, and I'm worried about what's going to happen when uh, 45-mile winds start hitting the top of this house. So, I mean, even if you think about it, me and and my new uh, production administrator, we could build my radio empire because of organizations like the Center for Enterprise Opportunities by getting a small business loan and letting Blog Talk Radio have its technical problems on its own. You're listening to Our Common Ground. Our guest tonight is Leah Gaines. Leah, uh, not since you named this show, not much has 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 changed on our common ground. I find myself talking about the same things. How many years is it? Over 25 years. I talk about the same things over and over and over. I and, love it. I love it. <laughs> you know, um, I had, um, um, uh, uh, I was talking to a conversation with Ron Daniels. And Ron Daniels. Oh, is, yes. Yeah, Ron Daniels. I remember when you brought him to West Palm. Yep, that's right. And, you know, when when we had Dick Gregory there and, and Oscar Brown Junior, I don't know if you, you caught the Oscar Brown Junior documentary. We were working we were working for Black Folks running for president back then, huh? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank yeah. you. Um, that's right. Uh we've got uh as a matter of fact, uh an ex employee of Palm Beach County um commission sitting in our chat room. He's up. He's up in Chicago dealing with uh, Rahm Emanuel. I don't know how that's going. House music lover, but <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> this this is why Black Talk Radio is so important, folks. And for those of you who are sitting out there, we want you to know we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we got how many websites do we have, Michelle? We got like. Six websites uh, <laughs> trying to make this thing live, and all you have to do is send one email. All you have to do is hit the like button and and, and share our program information, uh, and 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 that's all. You know, it will die on its own, and you'll have to listen to MSNBC. MSNBC is not going to tell you about Center for Enterprise Opportunities. Not going to tell you the real. Scrub down details, as I declare would say, the real raw and right now about what's happening 
in Florida with black folks. They're going to wrap it up in little glitter paper and put a ribbon on it and tell you that's it. So um, Leah Gaines has made real what true community organizing and true community activism can do. Um, and, 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 and for those of you who want to call her and get some consultation in your own communities, you can do that too and say, hey, come to Chicago, come to San Antonio, come to uh, Houston, come to um, uh, Hartford, come to wherever. Um, uh, you know, and, and come and teach us how to do this. The website is ceoventures.org. They're located on Florida Mango Road in West Palm Beach, Florida, my hometown. Yes. Yes. So, you know, we have to become adept at identifying what our needs are in our community. Some of those needs, uh, we do have to rely on making sure that we have people and resources in place. And when we don't do that, we're sitting here wringing our hands because I am going to tell you, you do not want Mitt Romney as the President of the United States. He's a lying, bumbling, greedy, scam artist. Yep, and he would probably kill all of these small business initiatives off. You hear that? Not, 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 not will he, but when will he? When will he? When he? That's that's right. right. Mm -hmm. That's right. He cut in half the budget of the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination and the budget of the Minority and Women's Business Enterprise Development Office in the state of, of, in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and he never, ever met with any black folks while he was governor of Massachusetts. Nobody's talking about that because you know what? Oh, Barack Obama didn't call me and ask me. Uh, But we know who he is. Leah, let me ask you about the agenda for the NAACP in both the electoral politics and going forward on on other initiatives in the in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Well, we're of course you know we're back, we're dealing with this stand your ground. Uh, we're trying to see how we can uh, potentially repeal the stand your ground uh, law here in Florida. We're mm-hmm. really taking a look at that. Um, the law look- which has legitimized the murder, the murder of Trayvon Martin. Yeah. What's your What's your forecast on that? On that On that case. Um, on the case. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Um, Zimmerman you know. ain't in jail now, and I don't anticipate he'll ever go to jail. Yeah. Um. I don't. I, you know, it's going to be. You know. 
they're already, you know how they, the talking heads try to create the level of expectation? They were all upset. And they were all upset that they charged him with the second-degree murder. They thought it would have been manslaughter here. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so the the state prosecutor is, you know, I, I don't really know. She's she's of course not one to be trusted because you know about the Marissa Alexander case. Yes, Marissa was my guest <laughs> uh, hour after she was sentenced. Okay, and and she, so you know, we don't really know how that's going to end out. I, I'm hoping that they can get some kind of um. Some but kind it, of, um, you it, know, it really is redress a, uh, for uh, what happened to him. It's it, it's just really sad. But more, it's, that, it's, that, it's happening all the time, Janice. It's happening all the time. We've got to attack that law, and um, we're we're gonna have to do marches, marches, stand-ins, <clears throat> obstruct the legislature. Anything we need to do. Because it, it's really it's, it's killing our it's killing our young black um, it's killing our young black males. I mean, it's just it's racial profiling, point blank. That's all it is is racial profiling. So that's one issue. Um, the other is civic engagement. We're really trying to keep the communities involved with um, accountability at the local level as well as the, when I mean local, I mean Local, local, I mean state, local, but also at the federal level. So they're doing a lot of advocacy training for advocacy and organizing training now. Yeah. And um, and and economic opportunity is a big one. Mm-hmm. So well, you've, you've certainly got your hands full being the president of the uh, any uh, branch of the NAACP. Right. Uh, because you're constantly trying to balance uh, the local needs and the directives from the um, national uh, agenda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. I, I, let me let me ask you about as a community activist. Uh, you mentioned that the radio station where I used to broadcast is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the Palm Beach Post that I check periodically, and and Frank Sarabino uh, has mm-hmm. been a guest on this show a couple of times. I just like his humor, um, okay. and and he kind of keeps it real. Um, okay. So, uh, for, for people out there, you have to understand that Lee and I grew up with a strong black newspaper. Mm-hmm. It was a weekly. It was a what? Uh, it was about the achievements and the problems of the black community. Um, uh, and I, our children are growing up with none of that. Mhm. Right. And I mean, Leah, you remember that when Wednesday, when the um, photo news, Palm Beach photo news came out. All the kids were grabbing the newspaper uh, because mm-hmm. they want if if they got coverage about something. <laughs> right, that's right. You're and, right. And what was happening in the schools and in the in the various schools, and that was during Jim Crow. 
So we, we have lost so much ground. But is the NAACP planning to do anything about the absence of dedicated media uh, in our communities? Hmm. That you know, we 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 could use your help in helping us do that. I would like to set up the low power. I'm I'm trying to explore the low power FM. I have a, um, I have a expert for you. Okay. The first the first low powered FM station was established. I mean, the guy was literally going to his mother's house on Wednesday to um to to broadcast and then going to somebody else's house the next day and then going to somebody else the next day until it became legal. <laughs> wow, so, okay. And, okay. And then there is our friend Afia uh, 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 in one Gaza in South Carolina who has a very uh Malcolm X grassroots uh, radio station, so I certainly could could hook you up with her. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think that we have got to get back to what all of this means. Uh, I was talking to the editor of the Jackson Advocate, Jackson, um, Mississippi Advocate, mm-hmm. uh, where Ben Jealous used to be the uh, editor, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have got to empower our own. Have yes. you not, for you out there, have you not learned the lesson? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I think that people who think out of the box, that we've got to get people who are our people who are trained and can think strategically to be organizing and to become activists, for us on our behalf as opposed to being an activist and making all these phone calls. Uh, I was in a meeting with um, Elizabeth Warren last week, and one of the things that I said to her is that I have been disappointed by her inability to rally around the issues of black people in this commonwealth, and I expect that her campaign as well as if she's elected to do better. Mhm. Okay. So um, we we've just we've just got to stay on it, Leah. Yes. It's been such a pleasure to have you with us. Um, how can people reach you around a consultancy um, across this country? We have people who listen to us. I get email from people in South Africa and sure. um, Australia sure. and the UK who listen to our shows either live or. Uh, in our archives, how can people get in touch with you? Well, they can email me, and they can email me directly at Leah, L-I-A, at C-E-O Ventures, that's V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S dot org. They can always call me. I'm going to give my office number. It is 561-478-2337. Mhm. And I'm now, I'm available. I can I will talk with you via you know teleconference. We can Skype. We can do a go to meeting. I can you know come there. Where however you know we can set up something if you're really serious about trying to get a community development financial institution started up. I I can really share with you where we've been and how we what our story has been and and how we were able to put everything in place. Mhm. 
Thank you. Um, it, we've come a long way from the days of licking envelopes and stamps and yeah. going through uh, hundreds of pages of um, physical addresses uh, to get information out to people, haven't we? Yes, we have. <laughs> I mean, um, it's just been unbelievable. But thank yeah. you, Leah Gaines, and we hope to have you again. And tell all my family, tell your um, your 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 mother, uh, especially, and your sister-in-law is a member of the Palm Beach County School Board. That's correct. Yeah, <laughs> and and the the coalition that she helped to create, the Coalition uh-huh. for Black Student Achievement, is one of the key um, partners in Occupy the Community. The coalition. Wow. Well, Occupy we'll have to give Dr. Deborah a call so we can get her on to talk about um, that program because that's one of the longest-standing educational achievement community organizations in the country. Yeah, I've been yes. following. Leah Gaines, thank you so much. Uh, good luck to you over the next t- uh, ten days. We had ten days. Do we have ten days? Yes. And yes. Give us, <laughs> join us on November fifth and November sixth, and get your voice in and analysis in about what is happening on the ground. Okay, I'll call in. I sure will. Okay, thank you so thank very you, Janet. much. Okay, good to good to talk with you. That was Leah Gaines. She is the director of the center, executive director of the Center for Enterprise Opportunity and the president of the West Palm Beach, Florida branch of the NAACP. We want to thank Doc Don for his call and Alpha for his call and thank uh, India Declare of the India Decla- of I Declare show, which Broadcast Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., and that ought to be your daily talk destination, bringing it real raw and right now. And don't forget to join us on Tuesday night for the premiere of Black Women in the Prism, Unleashing the Power, Unleashing the Fury, Power in the Light, 10 p.m. with the Black Women's Blueprint uh, at TruthWorks Network. And then on Wednesday night, Soul of Fire, Dr. Matthew Johnson informs me that he will be revisiting his commentary, circling the wagons, tightening the noose in the era of Obama. So we hope that you will join us. Don't forget election night. Put it on your calendar, election night. Um, November 6th, we'll be here at 11 p.m. But on November 5th, the night before the final election, we'll be here at 10 p.m. I'm Janice Graham, and thank you so very much for being with us. And we hope that you join us next week. And we'll be talking about consciousness with Dr. Hunter Adams. Check our website at Facebook and WordPress.com. Our Common Ground, Facebook, WordPress.com. And we'll see you then. And thanks to Leah Gaines for joining us.
Good evening. This is Janice Graham, and this is Our Common Ground. Thank you so much for being with us tonight at Our Common Ground. We're here each Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. I'll be listening for you. Wishing you peace and power in the new week. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.